President Obama has issued the National Strategy for Information Sharing and Safeguarding that he says aims to strike the proper balance between sharing information with those who need it to keep the country safe and safeguarding it from those who would do it harm. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to be joined by Shamendra Paul, Program Manager for the Information Sharing Environment. He's the White House Point Man for the National Strategy for Information Sharing and Safeguarding. Welcome, Shamendra. I'm glad to be here. The initiative is called the National Strategy for Information Sharing and Safeguarding. What types of information are being shared and what's being safeguarded? The strategy takes a pretty expansive scope. The strategy really is looking at information sharing across the whole of government aimed at protecting the American people and enhancing national security. Our office had an original focus and a continuing focus on terrorism-related information sharing, terrorism, homeland security, weapons of mass destruction information. This strategy is broader. It doesn't expand the scope of the office, but what it does do is take the frameworks, initiatives, best practices we and others have championed around responsible information sharing, information sharing and safeguarding, and try to apply them more broadly, looking at the cultural aspects, the, you know, how to do a better job collaborating. In many ways, uh, I think about this strategy as sort of answering the question, the government over the last decade post 9-11 has done a lot around information sharing whole of government. How do we leverage those successes? How do we learn from our experiences to do a better job sharing information more broadly to keep the American people safe? How is the strategy related to the proposed cybersecurity initiatives emanating from the White House and legislation in Congress that promotes sharing of threat information between government and business? There's a real focus from the White House around cybersecurity information sharing as an integral component of a comprehensive uh, cybersecurity strategy and uh, a way forward. So information sharing is critically important, and we think that the White House you know, believes this also, that this strategy provides a codification, a policy, if you like, to think about how to do effective information sharing across a variety of, of, of mission areas and requirements, but also cybersecurity information sharing. Can you discuss a little bit about the relationship between cyber and the real world? Absolutely. The clearest example is when you think about critical infrastructure, key resource sort of things, right? Uh, Electrical grid, pipelines, uh, refineries, transportation nodes, and, and so forth. These have a physical location. We've been focused on infrastructure protection over the years, but they increasingly have a, a cyber presence, and that's remarked on fairly frequently. Our stakeholders tell us all the time is that they want an integrated view of the threat, right? They want to be able to understand the physical dimensions of it and the cyber dimensions of it. There are unique aspects of cybersecurity, right? The the idea that uh, perpetrators or victims can be in different locations and, you know, you don't have to be physically proximate. The, you know, the, the, the online nature of cyberspace just by definition is, is very different, the speed and things like that. So there's a lot of unique characteristics of cyberspace, but in many ways, folks really want to have an integrated view of the threat and, and be able to respond and leverage the infrastructure that we put in place to share information about that threat and responses to it. And and why is it important for it to be integrated? Something that goes on in the physical world may give you clues about what's going on in the cyber world and vice versa. You know, an example of this is, uh, again, going to the critical infrastructure key resource sectors. Somebody may be doing physical surveillance of a pipeline to understand how it's vulnerabilities are understood. And that might inform what they're doing in, you know, in terms of a cyber attack or something like that. Also, a lot of 
what we see in cyberspace is cybercrime. Well, those victims are in a certain location and there's an investigatory component to it and state and local governments as well as, uh, you know, the FBI, the federal government need to be able to pursue investigations related to cybercrime. So there's a nexus there and that's why people want to be able to look at these things in an integrated way. So what are the greatest challenges to implement this strategy? What are the barriers that need to be cleared? The strategy highlights the current operating environment and highlights a number of challenges. I think I can sum that up by coming down to just uh, three or four main issues. The, the number one issue that I hear all the time from my mission partners, federal, state, local, tribal, is the current financial situation we find ourselves in. At the federal level, budgets are flat, things starting to shrink. It's much worse at the state and local level. There's a real need to you know, take an efficiencies viewpoint, looking at reducing redundancy, moving towards shared services. We think that information sharing and interoperability has a, a real potential to drive cost avoidance, cost savings, and greater efficiencies uh, over time. So that's the number one issue. The number two issue, I think across the board, folks are dealing with a tsunami of data. There's increasing amounts and volumes of data, managing that data, being able to sift through it, doing that cost effectively, processing and handling that data, that information in a way that safeguards it and protects the privacy, civil liberties, and civil rights of the American people. These are all kind of core issues and require an increasing level of sophistication in the information management, information sharing, and safeguarding approaches. You know, the last thing I'd highlight is the need to continue to mature our governance frameworks, how we make decisions. We've made a lot of progress since 9-11 in terms of whole of government solutions, the federal government working with state and local governments, sharing information. Those frameworks and how we do governance that way, how we do governance in the federal government in terms of coordinating between federal agencies on shared initiatives, those are big challenges and, and areas where we have progress and we need to build on the successes we've had over the last number of years. One of the principles states that information sharing and safeguarding require shared risk management. How so and by whom? That's a, 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 you know one of three core principles of the new national strategy. And what we're trying to communicate with that is that we have to move away from the more you know kind of current traditional model of dealing with information safeguarding distinct and separate from information sharing. That doesn't really work well. You know one of two things happens when you have things separate like that. Either the information safeguarding becomes a compliance exercise right, where you're not really effectively integrating it into the mission. That's a common criticism of how the FISMA, the Federal Information Security Management Act, requirements were implemented, right, and part of why folks have been moving towards continuous monitoring. The other thing that happens is you've got mission operators that face increasing amounts of pressure to perform, and they start taking shortcuts, right, and ignoring basic information safeguarding. That's a little bit of what happened with respect to the WikiLeaks situation. What we're trying to do here is really get folks around the idea that sharing and safeguarding shouldn't be in tension. The fact that you can do better safeguarding should, if you do it properly, will allow you to accelerate sharing. And there really are two sides of the same coin. Critical to make that happen, to actuate that, is that at the White House level, there's a way to do shared risk management, you know, where sharing decisions and safeguarding decisions can be made in the same forum with the same common set of principles. And, you know, it allows us then to be thinking about risk management, not risk avoidance and balancing the risk of, or to the safeguarding side, to the risk of mission fulfillment and making those decisions in the context of law and policy, but being able to make those decisions jointly and then cascading that down into agencies and so forth. Is there an end product of this strategy? Is there going to be some massive document or what is the end result? 
Right now, the uh, U.S. government with our state and local partners are going through an implementation planning exercise. There are 16 priority objectives that are highlighted in the strategy. The intent here and the reality of the planning process is that we're building on and leveraging existing initiatives that are underway. Privacy, for example, the ISE, information sharing environment, the president issued ISE privacy guidelines back in the Bush administration. And those guidelines, we have privacy policies across all 50 states uh, with one exception. We want to build on that. There's an effort underway to look at extending the Federal Identity Credential and Access Management Roadmap, which is identity management kind of work that's done under the Federal CIO Council more broadly, the National Information Exchange Model. We're building on existing frameworks and initiatives to go more broadly with this planning activities. Sure, there will be planning documents and communications and status reports and performance metrics, so there will be paper, but, but there's more than that. We're actually building things that are impacting the mission more broadly, interconnecting networks, and we're leveraging those through the efforts of the ISC, but also more broadly. And, you know, the thing I would point your listeners to there is look at the annual reports we provide to Congress, which provide a, a pretty good compendium of documentation. And I, right now, the intent is to leverage that reporting process to highlight progress implementing the strategy more broadly. How will the government determine if the strategy is successful? The way that I think about this is on mission impact. We've made a very positive mission impact with our mission partner private sector on the counterterrorism, homeland security, information sharing mission. The year before last, September, was the 10-year anniversary of 9-11, and commentators inside and outside the government were celebrating the success that we've had in terms of improving information sharing over the decades since 9-11. It's my hope and desire that when we look out over the next five years, the next 10 years, when we look back, people are going to be able to say, we have a really different paradigm for information sharing. And I can see it reflected in different missions, whether it's cybersecurity, information sharing, public safety and law enforcement information sharing, just the variety of different information sharing missions that people are involved in that protect the American people and enhance national security. The model is different now than it was 10 years ago. Thanks, Mendra. Thank you. I'm glad we had this opportunity to talk. I've been speaking with Shmendra Paul, Program Manager for the U.S. Federal Government's Information Sharing Environment. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.